Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. It's the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm the Breeze Man, Joel Brzezinski, Mike the Cap, Kapler, right over there, getting together for our weekly casual chats. We're not deep theological teachers here. You're not going to hear, well, you're not going to hear fluff here, but you're also not going to hear like stuff that's over your head either. We try to keep it simple here on the podcast, (laughs) Growing in Grace. After all, God is not an author of confusion. He's an author of peace, and we should be able to understand the things that we have been given in Christ. He didn't make it difficult to us. I know that there's teachings out there that say you need to chase after God. You need to you need to search and find, and people make it hard to understand the things of God, but really it's pretty simple, and so we're here to try to put things in simple ways, and hopefully that's what you get from, uh, from the Growing in Grace podcast. How's it going there, Mr. Kapler? Just fine, Joel. I think that sometimes we're trying to figure out all the answers, and we comb through the book, we look through the scriptures, and verse by verse, we try to just figure it out, and we argue about it, we debate it, and sometimes that's okay. We have uh, sometimes thousands of different answers to the same question because everybody's just seeing this whole thing so differently. But you're right. I think it is a simple gospel I think the Holy Spirit does reveal the simple things from this gospel to us. And I think sometimes the the rabbit trails are just something we're chasing after on our own, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out the God of the universe and the grand master plan. It's just not going to happen. Our understanding of this word, this written word, is not perfect. But guess what? We have the living word, Jesus, in us by his spirit. We have the mind of Christ. And yeah, he has become our, our peace. Uh, we, we now have a teacher with a capital T living inside of us. And maybe we aren't going to always get it right. Maybe we aren't always going to understand everything because of our human frailties and our own way of thinking sometimes, the, the, the way we filter stuff. But I think the most important and crucial things regarding the gospel is something that God will reveal to open hearts and minds and I, I think sometimes we just overcomplicate things. And, and we, I know we want to grow in grace. We want to grow in our understanding of God, getting to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. That, that's really where we need to be, is just getting to know him. And, and the other things, we're, we've got the rest of eternity to learn. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think sometimes maybe we just approach the Bible maybe differently than what God would intend for us to. But I'm not diminishing the Bible or the truth within those writings. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that sometimes I I think, like I said, we we come up with thousands of different uh, answers to the same question over and over and over again. And you're right, Joel. uh, God is not the author of confusion. The problem isn't God. I don't think necessarily the problem is the Bible. I, I think sometimes it's just us. But God works through that. He understands some of our, our weaknesses and our, our ignorance, and, and he still works through it and through us. And so 
you know, hopefully that brings you a little bit of peace here today. Joel, last week we talked about the dividing wall, tear down this wall, it was called. That's kind of an old take on a, on a Ronald Reagan speech back <laughs> in the late 80s when the Berlin Wall was coming down. But Jesus tore down a wall, too, and it was much more significant than what took place in the late 1980s. It was a dividing wall of commandments and law and ordinances, and he took it down because it was dividing. It was keeping us from God, and it was keeping Jew and Gentile apart as well. And now we were, Ephesians chapter 2 It was the reference. If you didn't catch last week's program, go back and check that out. But we want to kind of continue along this path because we're always hearing traditional Christians of which we used to be a part of that camp, by the way. Some people think we were just born out of the womb talking about the two covenants, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> you and I also were part of that mixed covenant crowd. Uh, and uh, some years back, we started seeing things a bit differently that uh, grace and law had no compatibility whatsoever. And so let's continue on talking about some of these things. And we may end up here starting out in, in Matthew 15, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is something that was written to me on my um, Grace Roots page on Facebook. It fits right into this, talking about confusion and peace and, and talking about the wall being torn down and the commandments. Someone wrote to me in response to something that I had written, what you are writing does not make sense to me about the old and new. I know that the God of the old is the God of the new and is the God of the future. And since God never changes, his word also never changes. What he said in the old is relevant still today. That's what this person wrote to me on Facebook. And so uh, I went on to explain some things that are right along the lines of what we're talking about here. This wall, this middle wall, there was the old covenant with all the laws, and it was called one law. We refer to 613 laws. God said it was one law. If you kept one law, you had to keep the whole law. You're bound to keep the whole law. But if you failed in only one, you were guilty of all. That's what James had told us. And so this old covenant had a fault. That's what Hebrews says. That's not my words. That's what Hebrews, the book of Hebrews says. There was a fault, and the fault was that it found fault with the people. That's all that it could do. The people could not keep it because the law had such a high standard, a perfect standard. In, in Jesus' own words, uh, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's how high the standard is of the law. And so the law was what divided, was what brought division and it was a division between Jews and Gentiles. Jesus, as we talked about last week again, he broke down that wall with his death and then eventually his resurrection. That wall came down, and in Christ, apart from the law, Jew and Gentile has been brought together in faith into this one new man, the one new man being Jesus Christ. And so I do recommend that you go back and, and listen to what we talked about last week if you want more on that. Colossians 2 also talks a lot about this, too, about the handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was contrary to us. Through Jesus Christ, it was wiped out. It was taken out of the way. It was nailed to the cross. It was such a high standard that it had to be. And so what were we going to look at, Matthew 22 or Matthew 15? I can't remember. I think we were going for uh, Matthew 15. Matthew but could, 15, you, yeah. could you read what that guy said again? Sure. 
what I had written was something about how we don't bring things from the old covenant into the new covenant. The new covenant isn't a new way of doing old covenant things. It was to that line. And he said, what you're writing here does not make sense to me about the old and new. I know that the God of the old is the God of the new and is the God of the future. And since God never changes, his word also never changes. What he said in the old is relevant still today. <laughs> that, that I think of that last line is what I was looking for, especially. So what was in the old is still relevant for today. So I'm assuming this guy has an altar set up in his backyard <laughs> and he's constantly smoking meat back there for the <laughs> coverage of his sins like they did under the old. And I'm sure we could go through a list of things, Joel, from the old covenant that 613 has no things. place in this person's life. Because why? <laughs> I, I would have to have him answer that for me. There's a whole bunch of different things in that Old Testament that don't carry over into the new. He's kind of got the mindset, uh, the Bible's one book and the uh, new covenant, it's just an amendment, an attachment to the old thing. And uh, that isn't the case at all. Even though God doesn't change, and you can say that his word doesn't change because the word is God, the word is Jesus Christ, the covenant had to change. And exactly. the book of Hebrews explains this in chapters 7 and 8 especially, and 9 and 10, but even just picking up in Hebrews 7, uh, you can find out that there had to be a change of law. We've been transferred. Well, we Gentiles were never under the law to begin with, but we've been transferred as a people from an old covenant law of bondage and condemnation into the law of Christ. And so, yeah, the big change there, big change between the old and the new. So we won't have a lot of time to to dive deep into uh, Matthew 15 here, but let, let's start out real quick here. Uh, the Pharisees and scribes that came to Jesus from Jerusalem and they said, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And the crowd gasped. And Jesus answered and said to them, why do you yourselves, he answers their question with a question. I love that. He said, why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help has been given to God. He is not to honor his father and mother. And so you, Pharisees, you have inv invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You're hypocrites. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, the people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. So I, I know we don't have much time here, Joel, and I, I want to get you in. But one thing I, I want to point out here about the law and the commandments, it's a good thing to honor your father and mother. But if you want to live by that commandment, as it is stated in the law, along with all of the other commandments and laws within that old covenant, then you also have to live by the punishment that occurs if you don't follow it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You, you could say something evil or speak negatively, speak bad about your parents and be put to death. Yeah, that's that was the law. And like you were saying, it's true. God never changes. The standard is still perfection. The standard under the law was perfection. God never changed. The standard is still perfection. It's just that the covenants changed. 
So if you're under the old covenant, if you're if you are under the law, you have to keep it perfectly. You can't just say I'm going to honor my father and my mother and then do something like in this case in Matthew 15 in which you're really not honoring your father and your mother because just because of some tradition that the Pharisees or today's church has come up with. Uh, if you break that commandment, then the punishment is still death. So if you're going to live by that law, you got to live by the whole thing. The point being that in Christ, in Christ Jesus, the curse of the law was done away with. We are no longer, and as Gentiles, we never were, under the law at all. The point of the law, here's the bottom line here, the point of the law is that you have to be perfect. You have to keep it perfectly without any fault. The problem with the Old Covenant was that people did not keep it. So the Pharisees came up with these traditions. The church today comes up with traditions that really negate the law. They give lip service to the law. We need to be under the law. The church today, you'll hear that. We need to follow the law. But they don't. They give lip service to it, but they really have no clue what the law really says. And so, yeah, we're going to have to spend some more time talking about all this because it's really important that people understand the depth, the true depth of the law. For example, Jesus was asked a question, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he gave two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty simple, right? Mm. Well, guess what? Nobody has ever kept those laws. What a claim I just made. Well, we'll talk about that next week. So stick with us right here. Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.